Showtime. Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, Pragmatic Entrepreneurial Advice with 100% more dick jokes. I'm your host, Law Smith, sitting to my right, your left on the dial, on your tube, Mr. Eric Redinger. Redinger. Wow. Two in a row. Yeah, man. Feeling it. Feeling good. Here's a little fun fact. Did you know you can ask all your Alexa, your Siri, Google Home to stop tracking you for what? all your ads? What? No. What? There's your fun fact. Added value right up front. That's how we're doing the show from now on. This, they do it more if you ask them? They'll, it won't, they'll just say, oh, okay. We're already doing the most we can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. You know how no. they're listening and then the, the thing you talked about shows up? Sometimes it's reticular activation theory. Sometimes it's just that simple that we are giving it to them. We're volunteering our data away. This episode is brought to you by Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com. Forge less sweat gets you $75 off your annual plan. It's a scalable business phone line. You got a Google voice. It annoys me because even when you ring it up, I know it's free. But if you have a real business, Google Voice doesn't want you to have that either. Yeah, your real business should be able to afford something extra. If it goes to your if your, your personal cell phone right now and you go, hello, who dis? That's not good either. That's the the first entry point for a lot of people, customers. You need Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com forward slash white. Get you $75 off an annual plan. That's a lot of... That's a lot of dip. That's big a pizza pie, is what that, you were going to say, I thought. That's some uh, shekels. Uh, Warby Parker, our next sponsor, feature sponsor, eyeglasses, sunglass wear. You can get them prescription. Don't get ripped off by big eye. WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. Get you five free pairs to try on. And our other feature sponsor, ExpressVPN. Try ExpressVPN.com forward slash sweat. Like Key Sweat gets you three months free off that anonymized virtual private network where you can cruise on other, but you can choose the country you want to do it from. Choose where you cruise, baby. It's like the Onion router, the Tor router, but you can choose the country you want to do it from. Uh-huh. Ah, interesting. And if you like this podcast and don't need those sponsors, you can contribute by subscribing, rate, and review on Apple, iTunes podcast uh, app. Apple Podcast app, iTunes, if you still got that. Spotify, Laughable, YouTube, Facebook, Vimeo. I'm thinking for the people that don't update the old stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're big on LinkedIn. We're LinkedIn horrors. Hit us up there. And if you want to Vimeo us directly, hit us up, Eric Reginger. <laughs> no one's going to be able to do it. Eric Dash, R-E-A-D-I-N-G-E-R. And then I'm Lawsmith34 on Venmo. We're going to do it thirsty Instagram girl style. Yeah. That's what I like. Uh, hashtag girthy RI. Hashtag 69B2B. Hashtag sweat equity. Let's get this party started with a hot of Sweat equity. Here comes Nick Hall. Sweat equity. Sweat, sweat, Comedian sweat, sweat, to the star. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. Uh, Hoff, give uh, give the plugs where people find you. We know 
you know, you won an award for your podcast, The Hoffcast, already. Uh, <laughs> Many awards. You won a potty already, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won a potty. Uh, my kid takes it every night, straight to bed. A potty and, on a potty, uh, dude. Yeah. Oh, we're still in potty training. Okay, uh, plugs. Um, yes, nickhoff.com. That's where you can find everything. You can find my album, tour poster, uh, my podcast called The Hoffcast, which apparently has won a potty. Oh, you didn't even know. I, I'm, I'm I, I didn't know, you know, because of this whole COVID thing, everything's going crazy. I wasn't able to attend the ceremony. And so I'm pretty sure, sure Rogan just accepted on my behalf. I think he really, you know, stood up there and said. Out of Texas? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Right out of Texas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric, real? Nick, Nick, Eric. I don't <laughs> yeah, know if you'll, like, is you'll... that for real? Are you for real? Rogan accepted your award for you? you for real? <laughs> He's like, Nick couldn't make it. He's very busy. But I, I was able to make time to go to Birmingham, Alabama to accept this. I apologize. This we get, I get fo- some guests foisted. That I'm not entirely familiar with, so I have to. <laughs> sure, no, no, oh, I'm sorry about that. Yes. I told you about Nick, though. A little uh, bit. You know, he may run those atmospheres. I know. He, that's last I time like, I saw him, that be real? last time I saw him, he was opening for Larry the Cable Guy out of uh, you know out of the Tampa Bay area. So, uh, exactly. You, who knows who you're, you're hobnobbing with these days? Yeah. I know. Well, it's not Rogan. It's not Rogan. Apparently, he moved to Austin and closed down the comedy club. <laughs> the one, the one y'all have but, in L.A. The one in Austin. No, the, oh, oh, the no, no. City Comedy Club closed. I heard, but rumor has it he's probably just going to throw money at that. Uh, that's what I would do if I were him. I'd be like, that's the one place within a stone's throw where I can get up every night. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and plunk down a couple bucks. And I think he saves $13 million by going from California to Texas just by the tax break. Uh, he'll build his own club. From that $100 million of uh, Spotify. So, yeah, there's also a rumor he'll build another <laughs> club, too. Why, yeah, did, why he not? Move ju- did he move just before the uh, Spotify check cleared? It seemed that way. <laughs> I love it. It seemed very calculated. <laughs> and it, I listened to uh, pretty much every episode the last couple of years, so... It's one of those things where if you kind of listen with your ear to like, he's been kind of talking about this for a little bit. Oh, you saw it all along, huh? No, but I mean like. Called it. No, no, I'm no soothsayer, but I'm saying like it's one of those things where you look back and you're like, yeah, he's kind of been talking shit about California for a while. And then uh, that deal happened and someone reported that there was like 13 million to save just, just straight up from the tax part. Just to pack your shit up faster. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially now that they, uh, California is talking about, um, I don't know how interesting this is, but uh, the luxury tax? talking about taxing people so that, you know, even if they move, they still get it. Yeah. Good fucking oh, luck God. on that one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The guys that are making the laws are the dudes that are making that money. So, yeah, they ain't moving. Or it's not their money. It's just like, uh, here, let's not, let's not lower the biz, the corporate tax rate to get, you know, maybe manufacturers of cars back. You know, they're all in the South now. They used to be all in California. Right. And now they're every state's got, like, Mercedes. Like, all these states that you're like, wait, South Carolina has Audi and shit like that? And you're like, they're all being manufactured over there because they moved over from the West Coast. And they're just like, fuck it. Uh, yeah. And that, that, what is it they call it? It's like a luxury, luxury tax is baseball. It's uh might be luxury tax. Uh, luxury applies. tax is monopoly. <laughs> yeah, that is monopoly. <laughs> no baseball. That's <is> <laughs> seventy-five dollars. Yeah, it, yeah, that that's a whammy spot. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. At any rate, like the way they tried to do it, 
it's like almost unprecedented. Like you'll you'll what you'll what'll happen is it'll have such a negative effect of people just moving there to begin with. You know, it's like such a you short. Think it'll prevent people from coming. Yeah, it's a short-term money thing, right? Because if you're making money doing your own thing in another state, and you're like, "Well, I should move to Silicon Valley," you're like, "Fuck that noise!" Like, it's right. like ten years. It'll, it'll, you'll, you'd, you'd see that decrease. I think. Yeah, everything's going digital, anyways. Look, when I moved out of these, California, these borders don't matter. As I much moved out anymore. of California. They had a law that you have to, and I did it too. I, I, you have to submit. Five days after you technically leave the state, this is ten years ago, and uh-huh. if you don't, the DMV sends you all like the registration shit that you owe, and then penalties on top of that. And I was like, I fucking this. That's the worst because I was like, I'm now in Florida, and I fucking did this. I actually did the stupid thing that I heard about, and I shouldn't have a fine. You guys should owe me money and my time spent. Right. You know, I just had to deal with it a fucking again because they didn't update the computers. Dude, California screwed me when I first moved out here. My dad was like, well, you should register your car in Nebraska way cheaper. And so I kept doing that. I kept re-registering in Nebraska. Yeah. And then finally, when the guy was like, hey, you gotta be, you've been here for too long. you got to get California plates or whatever. I was like, all right. And he goes, how long has the car been here? And the dude was cool with me, like a young dude sitting there at the DMV. He was like, oh, here, this is the form you need. Yeah, it's really easy. Just do this. Uh, how long has the car been here? It doesn't really matter. And I was like, oh, we, I've been here since 2005. And then he gave me the bill, <laughs> and he had backcharged me for three years. He's a cool thing. guy. It was like $900. I was like, $900? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it up with Nebraska, buddy. Right. They're yeah, like, I paid Nebraska on the and California for those years. <laughs> oh, and, and you have nothing. You can't do anything. You can't. It's not like you can go, like, fight it. They'll just be like, yeah, good luck with that. No. I did say, can I have that form back? I think I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. What? What's it called? So we're, you're not on the – I talked to you on the phone yesterday. I was like, we've been meaning to have you on. I keep forgetting to uh, reach out. So you're, you're, you haven't been up on stage since March. Are you going, March 7th. Are you going nuts? Yes, yes. <laughs> and luckily I told myself when – when everything was canceled, right? When March Madness was canceled, and I said to myself, I go, okay. And, and then my gig on the 13th of March was canceled that oh, same man. week. You're, do- and you're I go, doing dates like an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, stop yes, drinking. I should, get a, coin. I yeah. should <laughs> get a coin. Like, I haven't been on stage in a year. I'm Nick. Um, I said to myself then, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, it'll be a month or two. And I said then, I said, I'm not getting back on stage this year. It's not going to happen. And I think had I not made that agreement with myself in my head, I'd be going super crazy right now. Because I am going crazy. Like, I'm, I'm getting really itchy and, and feel like I'm just stagnant and going nowhere. Uh, but, but I had come to terms with that back in March. But had I not, had I thought, okay, six weeks, we'll be back. Oh, okay, eight weeks, we'll be back. Okay, how about 12 weeks, we'll be Had I done that game, then I would be just full-blown just off the walls here. So once you made that agreement, did you have any plan in place to take up your time? Did you say, I'm going to learn how to do this or anything? Or Yeah, how did, you, did. How did so, you pivot? I'm kind of curious on how everybody's kind of pivoting to figure out what to do in the meantime kind of thing. Yeah, some guys some guys right away said, okay, now I'm going all Zoom. I, I have a couple of buddies that do like three or four corporate Zoom shows a week. And they're like, I'm not really oh. seeing a drop off in my, in my income. I was like, well, that's a cool way to do it. But was it Patrick um, Keen? That's awesome. Was it Patrick Keen? He, he, he was, was Colin Moulton. Do you know Colin? Uh, I think through you, actually. But uh, Colin, he's 
I mean, Patrick was he's on the super show motivated two months ago. I didn't know he did all this corporate stuff. So, well, I mean, he's fairly clean. Yeah. And I love Patrick. He's really funny. Um, but yeah, Colin like built his little studio in his garage and he just does them all out of his house. He's like, now I have almost no overhead. I don't travel. I just make calls every day. I've, you know, set up the system to get these shows. I didn't do that. I didn't like the idea of Zoom shows. I, I always considered myself uh, more of a performer than mm -hmm. just a stand there joke writer. I'm not like a one-liner guy or anything. Yeah, your material so, stinks, but you, you sell it. I, I, material's garbage, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I can, I can act it out like crazy. <laughs> Um, and so I right away signed up for a writing class. I was like, okay, let me get like, get some scripts pounded out, like work on these shows that I've been meaning to develop for the last couple of years. So I kind of went that way. I kind of turned and said, okay, I, you know, two thirds of my income's cut off. I still have a third that mm -hmm. will float us and that'll be fine. And, uh, now I can like kind of, cause I always look at, um, I always looked at show business and probably all businesses this way, but I always looked at show business kind of like a checkerboard and there are all these pieces. You got to move your acting piece forward. You got to move your writing piece forward. You got to move your stand-up piece forward and you never know which one's going to hit your podcast piece forward until eventually one of them gets kinged and then you're like, boom, boom, boom. And it helps all the other pieces. Nice. So I've always, you know, and I, the last few years I've just been focused on stand-up. I was like, oh, it's time to move some of those, you know, get that left corner piece out of there. It's just doing nothing. Move it back row. I'm so glad to use checkers and not chess as the analogy. <laughs> no, I'm not smart enough to use the chess <laughs> reference. Um, that's yeah. It's diversifying. It's hedging a bit. It's like, well, and it's kind of what you have to do when you're in your position as like you're a professional entertainer, you know, as it's, yes. as you know, it's that thing of like, and that's why I think, I think it's interesting to have comics on because they're all entrepreneurial, whether they want to, use that word or not like because none of them think of themselves as businessmen or women uh but you really have to make your own shit happen yeah and that's really what doing your own business is anyway and those writing classes that's reinvesting in yourself it's continuing I mean, education it's, it's like yeah. that's not just like oh i i learned how to you know whatever whittle wood some stupid that's like once it's done it's like well i'll never do that again you're using that going forward and that's going to help you everywhere too the writing class right right that is on the resume now yeah, i took dude. that class. Yeah. that's it nothing else oh good next time i submit for something it's it's right there you with get it. that pdf certified certificate thing you put that <laughs> on there attach it in the email were you able to do any acting gigs before the pandemic kind of started because you were doing at one point you were in like three national commercials playing one year like all football season. I'm like, I know that dude. I know him. There, like, there he is. Oh, cool. There's that face again. It's Miller Lite commercial. Who gives a shit? I was like, good job, but that's, you don't think that's cool? Yeah. <laughs> now, I wasn't able to do any like in January, February before everything hit and then everything closed down. It's starting to reopen a little bit. I've had a few auditions that are just me in my house recording myself. That's how they oh, audition people now. God. What's, like, that's more brutal than listening to your own stand-up, I think. It's so horrible to sit there because not only like you go into an audition room and there's a guy with a camera and he, he tells you, okay, here's what you do. You go in there, you do it, you walk out, you go, well, I'm stupid and you leave and yeah. you're like repeating the lies to yourself. But then maybe you get a, later, it's over. Maybe you get a laugh out of that guy who's dead on the inside because he's seen every fucking neurotic, anxious person in L.A. come yes. through. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. And you also have to leave too. They got other people right. coming at your right. house. They're you're like, people. did I nail it? I'm just going to do one more. I'll do just do 11 more. 
Okay. Not only do you have to do that, but then you have to put it into your computer from your camera. Then you got to put it into the right format to upload it. And you're looking at yourself you're like, ah, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I hate, like, why did I move my arm that way? Like, you have no control over any of that yeah. when you go into a room. Which one do That's... I look the best? Which one? Okay, that one was a little bit funnier. Really? Are you telling yourself that? that what a dork. Like, it's just over it. It's all, oh, my God, it's the worst. Oh, <laughs> I had... Ugh. Eric and I did an audition in the room with each other in the room. <laughs> yeah, that, and that was the oh, fucking worst because I can't read. <laughs> I can't read. I can't read out loud. I I, I did auditions in LA. I had friends that would get me in them, and I'm like, they put it on like uh, you know Pictionary, like big. They write out whatever. Cards. Yeah, and I'd be like, oh fuck, because I can't <laughs> I can't read out loud very well at all. I think this is part of the reason I got into kind of doing stand-up is just like, I'll make up with it for talking a lot. And um, Nobody knows what the real words are. Yeah, I don't know how to, I don't need to spell this shit in the future. And so, uh, what's it called? Like, I was like, uh, can Eric kind of leave the room? Is like, no. <laughs> I'm going to watch. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd like to watch, because you watch mine for, I went first. Anyway. I know, I was, trying to, I was trying to pick off anything I could rip off. And see yeah, thanks. <laughs> It's always worse with people you know, because you know they're the ones that judge you and know you. So they they're just like, look at this idiot. Yeah, you got to see him again. Yeah, and his was good. We drove together. And his was good, and mine was like, his audition was good. His was good. Uh, I've I've seen auditions and shit before. You know how it goes with like commercial well, commercial shit. The word like, read in his last name. Boom! Right. Wow, you did your research. <laughs> you can get those cute cards. But it's definitely like uh, what's it called? It's definitely that thing. I, you forget you have to like overact in commercials and stuff. You have to over-emote and all that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad he went first because he's going to do it that way. <laughs> but, like, you're trying to you're trying to improvise while reading. And I was like, my brain just is like... Right, right. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so none of that. So podcasts and stuff. Like, what... The writing class is interesting that you filled your time correctly because... Man, that can go the other way very easily. It can go like, well, now I just sleep a lot more, or like, and invest in some weed. Yeah, or and, uh, no, Nick's a goody goody good. He doesn't do he doesn't do anything. I'm saying he could have. Yeah, maybe not. I could have gone. Well, that's the reason I've never smoked weed is because I have an addictive never. personality. I know if I opened up the floodgates, that's all I do all day every wow. day. That's how I feel about hookers. I think once you pop never. that Pringles can, you can't stop. You're probably right. Yeah. You've got a limiting factor there, buddy. No, in terms I, of mm, oh, you're you're know, going real know, cheap, huh? No, I know. I'm talking about the. I money know a lot of friends that. Uh, about, yeah, I'm like, actually not. A lot of buddies that you know. You get some kind of subscription monthly deal. Yeah, yeah, right that's that'd be a good one. That's, hey, write that down. That's your material, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> Eric's starting to get into stand up. What advice do you have for him? Oh yeah, starting to get into it right when everything shuts down. Yep. Perfect time. Mm-hmm. Perfect time. Everybody's uh, at. Everybody goes back to zero. It's like Fight Club. So it is a little bit like that. You see, you know, there's going to be opportunities that come out of this. That you know, people are going to. I thought about that because every time I'd go out to the here, here's, I can link this into advice to you. I would just be there all the time. If that's what you really want to do, if you want to do stand up, just be at a comedy club all the time. Let right. them see you. That's you know. When I was starting out, I'd go to the comedy store, but I'd only go like every other week, and that really wasn't enough. Like yeah. I'd be doing other shows, other places, but as far as the comedy store concerned, I was just this twice a month guy, and and I wish I had put more time into it 
just being there, you know, soaking it in, making the kind of connections, the friends that also keep you accountable. Like, where have you been? Why haven't? Because it's easy to quit stand up. Yeah. It's yeah. Easy no, to no quit one's, stand up. No one's telling you to stay in. Ever. Right. No, no. <laughs> you should no, keep doing it. I mean, the yeah. biggest name, Seinfeld tomorrow could be like, I'm thinking of quitting. And people be like, oh, oh yeah. Really? Well, interesting. Nobody's going to be like, spot or... <laughs> you gave it your all, you know? <laughs> you, you'd be calling Gotham the next night, like, hey, Seinfeld's done. Can I come up? Can I so, do it? But yeah, I remember us going to, we would go do a shitty open mic and then just go hang out in the back of a room of a good show (laughs) a lot because it was like, (laughs) in in the, you know, if you're trying to do your own like hustle in a business way, it's, it's top of mind marketing. It's reminding people you're around. I got a lot of shows just by showing up in the beginning, like when I was like 21, 22, showing up at open mics consistently and then they'd see you do one good set and then. You just keep showing up, and they'll, they knew you had a later car. on they'll be like, "I have this other show, you know, that is actually a show, not an open mic. You should do. I'll put you on that one." You're like, "Okay," you know, and you just start yep. doing that. Yeah. And I mean, networking in a business sense, it's the same way. A lot of it's just being around and showing up, and people know that you're there. Uh, in a lot of respects. Yeah. Well, you and I both know people. But that's what they've based their careers around, just being good at the business side of it, the networking side. Yeah. They're not necessarily funny comedians. They're just there. They're salespeople. Yeah. They're salespeople, and they're really good at that, and they've built careers out of this. Yeah, they're, they're hunters. They're better on the production side. They're better at the networking side. You know, They're better at uh, sending the random texts or phone calls to a lot of people they met. You know, yeah. they're, they're, like, they're salesmen, hunters, not farmers. But there's a balance. It they'll they'll get to a spot where you're like, well, they're just not very fucking good on stage at some point. A lot of them yeah, that it, are like that, right? But maybe they'll then. find that other checker piece. Like yeah, the perfect yeah, example yeah. I can think of, and I don't even think he'd be offended hearing that. Like Judd Apatow. Like from all accounts, he Judd was just listens. like a so he was just a middling. Sorry, Judd. Uh, <laughs> Judd, don't worry. I'm still castable. I'll, I'll record myself. I'll do it 27 times. Send you the you best just part. made the list, buddy. <laughs> no, like. Uh, I wasn't around to see him do stand up in the you know eighties and nineties, but from all accounts, is he was like, good, yeah, not great, good. But he found like his lane to excel in, and he was able to do it that side. Like he was very good at that side of it, and now it's helped him. He's done a Tonight Show set. He's had specials now, you know, on stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he found like, okay, well, this kind of gave him the checker piece to get to the other thing too. You can leverage what you've learned. I mean, he, uh, his story, he used to go in comedy clubs at like 11 and interview people. Right, right. Cause his mom Years was old? A, yeah, because his mom oh, was yeah, a comedy right. club waitress yeah, or something Yeah, he was like always that. hanging out there, huh? So like he had that passion in that world from the get-go, but it's I always find it interesting to know when he had to like cut bait and go, I'm probably better behind the scenes with – yeah. Sandler, you know, in front of it or something. Well, it's interesting. Like People will be like, oh, he only got that latest Netflix special because he directed all those movies. And it's like, Fuck well, yeah, he did. That but, helps. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, there's also Netflix comedians on there that are not as funny as Judd Apatow that got it for whatever other reason where it's like, oh, well, they, they really hit this demo. I can tell you they're probably not a white male. Their... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But and, and you know the, what I'm the irony, saying. The irony of stand up is like, the white male is like easy. You, what? Easy. I don't give a shit. I don't shit. know. This I know you don't. What? With this haircut, you know, people attach me to shit. Oh yeah, you look like Edward Norton uh, in American <laughs> History X. Right. 
Uh, we'll go get you a stool so you can fucking backwards dunk. Yeah. Uh, say you're court. racist, whatever you're about to say. That's the worst part of that movie is the backwards dunk on the Venice courts. <laughs> In American History X, do you remember that? I only saw that movie one time. I actually own that movie, but I've only watched it one time just because it's so disturbing. I can't take the curb moment, yeah. so I just I don't. I, I've never. I, seen I disagree. It I think the dunk's the most disturbing part. <laughs> the dunk. <laughs> yeah. Well, what did he do? He dun- Ed Norton dunked. He does like he a dunked, two-handed period. like end of, qu- end of that's enough. Yeah. Ed Norton dunked. That's insanity. I want to say it's a reverse dunk, like. NBA Jam yeah, or running gun. I don't remember. I wonder how high the hoop actually was for that take. That's what I'm saying. They I got a little footstool, and he's like, all right, I got this. And he, I think he's wearing jeans, too. I want to say. <laughs> oh, of course. He's wearing jeans. Jeans and combat tattoo, boots. Just yeah. does a backwards dunk on an eight-foot yeah. hoop. This means not <laughs> welcome. Look how badass course. he is. Yeah. In the Venice courts, nonetheless, too. Like, the right. worst, shittiest, like, we used, when we used to go play out there. It's like, there's sand on the fucking yeah. court, and there's crazy people walking through. All the games. Oh yeah. There's a guy just out there with the broomstick to lower it down to the same level that they had to for Woody Harrelson and white men can't jump. Just <laughs> like heard, Eric goes. Actually, I heard Woody can ball, but I don't know if he can dunk. You can tell he can well, play a little bit, but dunking yeah. seems. Yeah. I don't know. I I want to say I that's legit, but I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Billy the Stooky Brothers, but the uh, what's it called? Oh, fuck! And now I lost my train of thought. We're yeah. talking movies. <laughs> No. I don't remember either. You don't fuck. You were giving advice as an old sage season uh, veteran. When I'm doing a reverse dunk to Eric, something about that. Yeah, nope. uh, a lot of it's that. A lot of it's showing up. A lot of it's being in the back of the room. Uh, being around it helps too. I yeah. Who was it? Was it Woody Allen that said like ninety percent of success is just showing up? I mean, that's how he got his wife, right? She was just at his house. <laughs> wow. She took his advice. What a saying, dude. <laughs> Put Judd and Woody right up against a wall. Take that, all. Woody. You, do you improv that? You've never said that before? That's pretty good. I've never said that before. Right? Does that work? Uh, that's that's pretty down. good. Hold on. Especially <laughs> in our podcast where that was like right over the both He the was genres. handing out fatherly advice. See? Yeah. And she listened and she <laughs> took it and then now she's in, you know. I mean, sure. Seat. Sure. Uh, but what uh, I, I – Hoff and I have a similarity where uh, I think – anxiety <laughs> drives you in a way have you have you been able to kind of deal with being anxious about not getting up and all that stuff have you found any kind of different like i've been trying to fill the time wisely in a similar way but because it's really easy to fucking just be like oh this fucking sucks fucking pandemic and all this shit but i know mm-hmm. i know when we were on the road and stuff uh doing the tours and whatnot that we did it was like our anxiety manifests in a different way, but I think it gives you that pressure to like, all right, I got to fucking focus on this set, even though it's last second. We're both last second people. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. That, cause that <laughs> you did your taxes second. both times, like the 14th of April and <laughs> your wife was in the car. I think both times or the van. That's when times. I did the taxes this time, July 15th. Yes. I used all the time. You know, you can get an extension available. every year to like October. If you're doing the I did ones. one time, and then they like they charge you a fee. They're like the juice was running that whole time. I don't know if you know that for, bus- for like, business oh, yeah, taxes, no, no. for business taxes, uh, you got till October. What? Yeah. Don't tell me this. Yeah. I will use till October. I'll give you my. You just ruined me. I'll, Relax. On I'll give that, you my man. CPA, Michael Messina. 
CPA of the stars. Yeah. My goodness. I'll be in prison next time you guys interview me. <laughs> like, what happened, Hoff? I don't know. Lost out of head till October. Well, to be fair, I say his biggest thing is he's not Jewish. So uh, I, I, I got an Italian doing my fucking taxes. So. Dude, Whoa, I really? am a last minute guy. And the only reason that works is because that last minute finally comes. Yeah. And the problem with this pandemic is that last minute isn't here. Right. There are no deadlines. There's the- nothing. So I've been trying to develop like a system that works. And I haven't found it yet. So if you guys have it, I, I mean, this is my latest system is a little list book where I try and highlight the things that, okay, I'm going to do these things today. But this is such a small notebook like this. Who, can, who knows where that goes at some point? Okay. And then it's just... I, I go down a YouTube wormhole. Sarah was, we watched the, uh, wife, the social Sarah? dilemma. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? No, yet? I'm afraid to. No, the I've Netflix. Heard, I'm afraid heard, to be like, oh, everything I, sucks and we're the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard about it. In the same, I, I'm kind of avoiding it because I don't want to be like, I'm a fucking sucker. Yeah. And I don't want to be psychology like, they're playing against us. Everything I suspected is true. It Fantastic. makes you feel like a dirtbag. Exactly. Almost okay. instantly and doesn't relent for 90 minutes. And you're like, <laughs> they're right. Everything they're saying is right. And this, the, the phone is the cigarette of our generation. And even though we know it's bad and it's doing all these things, we're still just, just smoking them. I know it's got a hold of me. Like, that's what's going to happen, especially if it's brain tumors years from now. They're like, Wait, why are you still using a phone, Grandpa? I just I need it. Neuralink. <laughs> what I, need. I yeah. just like it. Yeah, yeah the Neuralink. We, we can put a Neuralink in, and then it'll heal everything. We won't get brain tumors. Yeah, the Elon anything. Musk Neuralink, Dude, and he's kind of bubble our heads crazy. up. And, any sort uh, of brain problem, you're 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 fine with that. So, so can I give a piece of advice? Maybe get a legal pad. Let's start there. The like bigger ones. The so you think ones? a bigger a bigger thing? Something heavier to throw. Little... This is why we make the big bucks. You know, doing this show. Well, well, the latest thing that I wanted to try was to get some sort of like alarm that dings every twelve minutes or something, like a snooze alarm that's like Sensible. get back, dude. I started on. <laughs> I've done that where I will just set my alarm for 15 minutes at a time and on my watch and then it goes off and I'm like, all right, am I doing something? Did I do something that 15 minutes or do I need to? And it's like, because when you have nothing to do, the time right. just kind of, it loses value. So if I know that 15 minutes just passed, I'm like, okay, well, shit, I got to reevaluate every 15 minutes. And it's, you could do it as low as five minutes, really, if you want to get on your ass. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a that's a way. I don't know if you're not that way already. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way to do it. You know, this right. is a recent problem for me. Are you? So, I mean, I'm just saying. getting up, doing the routine. You got kids. You have three kids. I, I don't know how you're doing that, and uh, they're all pretty young. And so, uh, you've got routines there. You just have to implement them. I think. And I'm I'm talking to you to tell myself as well. It's one of those things where right, right. your stuff comes after theirs, but really you have to kind of get up before them, get your shit done, like get it to do oh, yeah. your life before they wake up. Based around their framework right. of what time they go to school or whatever it is that they have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, get a little loving in with the wife before they wake up, all those kind of things on your to-do before list. Before they wake yeah, up. Yeah, right. Well, we can cross that off the list. <laughs> Shots <laughs> closed? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, no need to go down that. You just a eunuch no. forever now. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the morning. There's just ne- we've ne- never been morning people. It's hard to drink yeah. in the morning. Yeah, that's First true. Thing. I mean, that's I did. I did. Hard. I did learn about Midwestern <laughs> drinking from uh, from going on tour and meeting you know uh, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the family members around uh, that you're friends with and whatnot. They're like, 
oh yeah, when it's in the winter, we just go in a basement and drink like all night. And you're like, what? And it's like, Can't oh go cool. Outside. In Indiana, you got a better plan, buddy. In Indiana, the sun goes down at three forty-five. So, uh, <laughs> so guess what? You're gonna just be down there. I remember watching uh, Bill Hicks at Sarah's, your wife. Uh, for those that uh, don't know, your wife's parents' place, watching Bill Hicks and drinking like a handle of whiskey down there, and then you yes. run, running barefoot on a treadmill. Because Br- <laughs> Brendan bet that you couldn't run a mile barefoot in like ten minutes or something like that. That mile almost killed me. <laughs> that mile almost was the end of me because I was trying to prove a point, but I think I was yeah I was pretty sauced and I was not in the best shape because we had already been on tour for two months just eating trash. Like Subway was our healthy meal. Yeah, that was that was where like oh just cold cut meats. That's our <laughs> that's our top shelf right there. If we zoom out, are you in a wheelchair now? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if I just laughed. <laughs> like, I told you that Maya would kill me. That diabetes took the one leg. The other one's still good, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, the uh, what's it called? We're, when we were on tour, you, that was grimy as shit because we had no money. So it's just like, uh, whatever. If anybody wants to buy us drinks after the show, we'll take those for sure. <laughs> we'll take those calories for yeah. fuel and energy was, and use them. Yeah. That, that was the one that we did, not in the tour bus, but in the four-door sedan. In and I remember Acura. I got sick right after we were at your house. I was hanging out watching... My parents' house. Uh, yeah, say, at your, your parents' house. And I was sitting down there with your dad watching like a basketball game, and he was smoking a cigar, and it like, started to make my nose run. I think, I think that's like what catapulted everything. Like I was not <laughs> eating healthy. I was drinking like a fish every single night and then finally i got this drainage down my throat and i got walking pneumonia that i had for two weeks where i'd be coughing so hard <laughs> oh my I would god i'd be sick but i'd be coughing so hard that i would barf and i remember in tallahassee i threw like kevin uh one of the guys we were on tour with opened the bathroom door i'm throwing up in the bathroom he's like hey hoff they're about to announce you and i was oh like oh no and you and, crushed uh, you went on a crush uh to christian ponder in the crowd by the way the quarterback. Wow, name oh, yeah, drop. Ponder, Whoa. Yeah. Minnesota Look Vikings. Christian Ponder, so, huh? Well, let's say Sam Ponder on ESPN, her husband. Uh, right. Might be the better <laughs> way to do it. But, yeah, you don't remember that, do you? Because you were sick. You didn't hang out. I don't I don't think I My buddy Faye brought the Christian Ponder to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember you yeah. threw up. You got a – it was pretty pretty awesome to see, like, <laughs> someone, someone you're on tour with, like, puke and rally, basically, do 20 minutes – do really well, ass, and then fucking <laughs> bye. I'm going to sleep again. See so, ya. Yeah, I'm gonna go sit in the car. He's going to his own, huh? Dude, that was brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. And yeah, then finally in like Charleston, South Carolina, I I went to an urgent care, and the guy goes, "You got walking pneumonia." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, okay. And he gave me a shot and like cleared me up, and I was good to go after that. I think that was the Z pack. We were talking on the phone yesterday about that. The Z pack you took, where he's like. Oh, this is like a magical elixir shot that'll fucking antibiotics talk, huh? I want that all day. I really, I really felt like I was like in the movie Any Given Sunday, and I was Lawrence (laughs) Taylor, where he's like, "Give me that cortisone," because I was like, "We have shows every night. I've got a show tonight." And the doctor's like, "So you got to get back out there, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he just took a needle (laughs) and stuck it in my ass, and I was like, "All right." I made a lot of mistakes in my life. The game (laughs) six inches in front of your face. Um, (laughs) All right, we got to roll this out. Uh, last thing we got to ask you is what advice would you give to your 13-year-old self? The advice that I would give to my 13-year-old self. Okay. 
So do you have to frame it in a way that a 13-year-old will take it? Or I'm, am I'm I saying, like showing I think we up? need to raise like, the age. I like being 16. I like making 13. Jerking off's not so new and whatever. Like, come on. I think we need to be a little older. 13 is specifically to make it weird and set up any immature jokes. <laughs> I know, but it okay. throws everybody. But <laughs> Especially dudes. I know. I know. It's that's like, why it's oh, great. shit. Well, for me, 13 and 16 weren't that different. I right. hadn't hit puberty yet on either of them. I was probably oh, yeah. Yeah, five foot oh, wow. nothing, 97 pounds regardless. So at 13, the advice I'd give myself is, uh, one, don't jump from your deck to the tree. You're not going to make it. <laughs> That's uh, the wheelchair. Two, <laughs> hence the wheelchair. Two, um come back for the football against Beatrice. Okay. You scored a touchdown. Wow. And really living with that pain. All right. I, and, oof, yes. Every day? Then, you almost said every day, dude. Every day. <laughs> Not every day, <laughs> but every year, for sure, I think about that drop. It was more than every 20 years. The guy tipped it right. In, I thought it was getting over his outstretched fingers. I thought I had – I was in the end zone. I thought it was making it over him. At the last second, he just tipped it over my head. I'm sure you and won't glom back. that pain onto your kids playing football. <laughs> As I forearm shiver. 5 a.m. tip drills. Never you drop the, the ball. Never. Yeah. Always come back for it, yeah. kid. Um, and the, the most real advice, which I would still give to myself, is just do it now. Yeah. Do it. Whatever you have to do, do it now. Don't worry about things being perfect. Sometimes good is good enough. Like, I, I constantly do that. If I film a comedy short or something or anything I'm doing, I want it to be perfect before I like put it out there, a joke, but nine times out of ten, if I just go on stage with a new idea, it, it has something to it. It may not be a polished thing, but it's got something that works that makes me feel good, but when I hold on to something that's too precious, then I end up just like whittling it down to nothing, or it never goes out. I filmed something before the pandemic that just sits here on this stupid hard drive. Never good enough. I haven't even edit it because it's just yeah I, I start and i'm like oh i'm frustrated why did we shoot it that way and then but it's probably a good thing on there yeah edit it dummy put it out but just do it no so dude just do dude, take it. it and put it on your computer and just organize it that's what i like to do that's something i do where i'm just like all right i don't need to edit it right now just organize it and just get it and maybe i'll come across a little something and then that gets you a little bit of a little bit of a spark where you're like all right i'll just mess with this for a second and then next thing you know you're editing for two hours yeah, small steps. Yeah. I often I often look at the entire to-do list and I get frustrated right. at none of it. Whereas if I just I've tried to I now trick second yourself up. straight just, up. You've got to trick yourself. Yeah. yeah. Cuz this thing is screwing you. Right. Right. Exactly. That's my brain. Be- yeah. I'm pointing to my brain. There was a very specific point in my head where my brain resides. You can't see his other hand. It's at his dick. But yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one takes over from time to time. In the morning. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, dude. Uh, and yeah, let me know whenever uh, Hoffcast. You need you need a scab guest. I'm ready. Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. I yeah, appreciate man. it. All right, bro. See ya. Stay Thank alive. You. Bye.